0: Welcome to Second Take, the show that takes a look at the issues behind the news. South Africa is planning to set up a new dedicated entity to procure new electricity transmission infrastructure from the private sector. Terence Grima joins me to discuss the proposal. Hi Terence. Hi Chanel. What is the background to this proposed development?
1: Well the main background is that the physical constraints on the grid are starting to materialise now. No, there's always been an access issue because we've got this um, system that's really about a vertically integrated monopoly-esque and running everything. And it's about big centralized plants in a in concentrated part of the country and the electrons flowing through the grid at a high voltage down to the rest of the country and then into the distribution system. So we are now in a process of transitioning the grid to having much more distributed generation, and also those distributed generators are often variable in nature. So we're going, and also the best resources added to it are not necessarily where the grid has traditionally been concentrated, uh, which is in the sort of northern Cape, the eastern Cape, the western Cape provinces. So those constraints are now materialising in the sense that RPPs um, uh, that are wanting to connect to the grid are finding it. More and more difficult to get a connection through through the, through the uh, utility, and uh, this really came to the fore during bid window six of the renewables program, where uh, there was it was supposed to be an expanded round over four thousand two hundred megawatts of uh, allocation on wind and solar in the end, only about a thousand megawatts of, of solar was eventually got to preferred bit of stage. all the wind projects which are in those Cape provinces. Were rejected on the basis that all the grid capacity had been absorbed. Now, this is a bone of contention, obviously, because if uh, Eskom ran the grid like many other uh, system operators do in the rest of the world, where they allow for some level of curtailment, there would have been sufficient capacity. I mean, uh, Eskom acknowledges that 10% curtailment, which is not a lot, we would have had four gigawatts of capacity unlocked in in the Western Cape, for instance. So. It's, there's a physical constraint, and there's also a, a, a philosophical approach to operating the grid that we're starting to knock up against uh, uh, our, our heads against. And but it's but it's real, and uh, that's not really um, conducive to connecting as much uh, low-cost generation because the lowest-cost electrons now come from these variable plants, not from coal, not from nuclear, which is the old system. Comes from that and also the quickest to connect. So it's not conducive uh, to to getting ourselves out of this load shedding crisis, having these grid constraints. So that's really the background to this, that we have a a physical grid constraint, but we've also got a a perceived grid constraint from the system operator that maybe there'll be some give there, but that that hasn't happened yet. And that we need to, if we're wanting to, to change, reform the system and transition, we're going to have a, need to have a lot more grid, especially in those areas of the country where the best wind and solar resources are, rather than as it is at the moment, most of the uh, grid capacity being you know, in the northeast of the country where the coal plants are, or on the eastern side of the country where the, there's poorer, uh, not terrible, but poorer soda and wind resources.
0: What type of role is the government envisaging for the private sector in the area of the grid?
1: So the other big constraint is that Eskom, which is also unbundling and setting up the National Transmission Company South Africa, and that process, that operationalization of that should happen uh, from about April this year. So that is really to level the playing fields between ESKIM and the RPPs in terms of grid access. But the, the, both the transmission business in ESKIM and the new entity, NTCSA, are going to have financial constraints and also generally skills and just capacity constraints to roll out the grid at the pace and scale that we need at the moment. Now Eskom has what they call the Transmission Development Plan, which outlines a, a massive grid deployment, really, if we look at historically, this is a really big Grid deployment: 14,000 kilometres of power. Lots of new transformer substations, etc., uh, that are, need to be built between now and, and uh, 2032. Uh, and there's, but that is also very back end loaded. Now we need, we've got constraints immediately on the grid, um, especially in those areas that I mentioned. And the the plan really only starts kicking in is sort of from 2028 onwards we really have very little grid development between now and then and then what they call a hockey stick style shape or a big tick up in terms of that investment that needs to be uh, developed. So uh, the idea that uh, the electricity minister is saying is that we need to maybe bring in private sector participation not to control the grid. It's not a privatisation exercise, but a build, operate and transfer period. A bit like what we've seen on the RPP space, although those will be always owned by the RPPs. Um, uh, in this case, it will eventually be transferred back to the grid company, the NTCSA. But we've never done that in our, in our history. And but it's ready to unlock not only finance, and we know that Finance is crucial because of ESKIM's budgetary constraints or financial constraints, but also the skill and the capacity of the private sector to build and operate these assets for a period before they transfer, say, 20 years, 25 years. This is done in many other countries around the world. And now it's got to the point where the Minister is going to take it to Cabinet. He's socialised it a bit uh, with well, within you know the private sector and with ESKIM but needs to also socialize it with the new NTCSA board, which has just been appointed, to see how this should be best managed. And the idea is to set up within either the DBSA or the RDC a, a dedicated unit to do this procurement of transmission, private transmission bill on a build, operate operating transfer basis. And as I say, this has been done in the rest of the world and there, there are templates for it. So he emphasizes we're not guinea pigs in this area but this is just to, uh, to look at the TDP, see what we can bring forward to start unlocking more and more capacity where that physical constraint uh, is really uh, you know, actualising. But at the same time, ESKIM has signalled that curtailment will be introduced, which will unlock at some point uh, capacity.
0: Yet the grid constraints will continue for those projects looking to connect in the coming few years.
1: Yes, yeah, so we see the bid windows out now. The seventh bid window for the renewables program, the first inaugural round for gas to power, and both of those, you can see the grid constraints are overshadowing both of those programs, but particularly the, the renewables program. And uh, it looks like Eskom. You know, I spoke about curtailment uh, earlier. They are going to introduce an addendum to their their capacity assessment for the grid for grid connection which will unlock capacity through this uh, curtailment, but it's not in place yet. Plus, they're going to have a different approach uh, uh, to having allocations, almost setting aside uh, grid capacity for public procurement, for the the private projects that are also coming through at the moment. That also hasn't been approved by NERSI yet. So for the current bid windows, at least, and probably, I don't know, it's not clear whether by bid window 8, which should come out by April, but it's, it's the physic, that physical constraint at least, maybe the curtailment unlock will come through, will be in place. So bidders either have to have budget quotes in those the high yielding areas already, or cost estimated letters already, and which is unlikely in many cases, but there will be some active budget quotes there for connection in Western Cape, Eastern Cape and the Northern Cape, or they'll have to look for at the other available capacity the 19.9 gigawatts that Eskom says is still available in less high yielding areas of the country, um, Pumalanga, um, KwaZulu-Natal, Gauteng. There is still capacity in provinces where RPPs have developed projects and have bid in the past, Northwest Province, Free State and Popo. So it's going to be interesting to see now during Bid Window 7 how bidders navigate this constraint uh, and what it's going to mean for prices. Uh, tariffs that are bid. Now the RPP office head Benamakora Benem- this week said that uh, it's likely to add a premium to the pricing, but we'll have to wait and see what bids come through and whether the grid access element maybe offsets the resource, <laughs> the resource constraint, the, the weaker resource. But the other problem is that wind developers in particular have focused on those high-yielding wind provinces of eastern, western, northern Cape. And it takes some time, a gestation period for developing a a wind project to bid-ready status takes some time, so there may be a mismatch there around uh, the wind bids in particular, and that's the biggest allocation for bid window 7, 3,200 megawatts. So uh, we're in this wait-and-see game, we're going to have to see, one, what the appetite is when the bid window closes, and two, where these projects are located and what that has meant for tariffs.
0: Thank you. That's the Second Take Show for this week. Thank you for watching and join us again next time for more news analysis. Also, don't forget to listen to the audio version of our Engineering News daily email newsletter.